Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted. I'm Graham Robb and today we're discussing the different types of business structure. From sole traders to limited companies and everything in between, there are lots of ways a business can be set up. Joining me to talk about some of the different business formats are Caroline Moody, Managing Director of Moody Logistics, John Elliott, MBE, Chairman and Founder of EBAC, and Andrew Lane, Managing Director of Union Industries. Now, you've all got different types of businesses. Uh, Andrew is a manufacturer of high-speed roller doors for warehouses. Uh, Caroline, uh, she has a logistics business, which is very, very efficient, based in Northumberland. And John is a manufacturing business, manufactures washing machines, dehumidifiers, and all sorts of answers items like that. John, let's start with you on manufacturing. You could have stayed in business owning your manufacturing plant, making good money, but you made a change and created a foundation. How is your business structured? Right. So all the shares were gifted to the foundation. So the, so there are no private owners of the business. Uh, and this, in my opinion, was always the plan. People thought it was a change, but I think we all know if businesses succeed over the 50 years, which we're 50 years old next year, um, people are always offering to buy it. But in my opinion, it was never for sale because I believe there are more stakeholders in the business than the people who got the shares. So it was never for sale. Um, so we just made it formal, what was always the position anyway, that the business should continue in its present form. The benefit of actually having no individual shareholders means we can take a longer view on profitability that's also a bad thing as well as a good thing, of course. It means we can make long-term decisions, do the right thing. But it means we're not maybe as sharp as we could be sometimes because we can, uh, we're not pushed as hard. Sometimes being pushed is quite useful. Now, if we move over to Andrew, it's not quite the same, but there's an element of ownership that's different. Who owns your business, Andrew? Well, it's very similar, actually. Our business is owned by the employees. So the only shareholders we have our current employees within the business. We've also got a we've got a trust rather than a foundation, uh, and the trust holds ninety percent of the shares, and the other ten percent are available for individuals to purchase. So they'll see capital growth on the shares, and they'll also see dividend. And what what that gives us really is a link between the. If we assume that profitability and hard work are linked, and they should be. People work harder, there's more profit to share out amongst the employee owners. So we keep it uh, within the business. Like um, like John, we've got a, a, a much better, a much easier way of taking long-term decisions because the sustainability of the business, provided it remains profitable, of course, is guaranteed. We can't sell it. It's impossible. So th they are very similar systems, just it's the direct ownership of the shares is where the variance occurs. Okay, and Caroline, yours is different again. Who owns your business? Uh, family members. So we were began in 1947, so we've been going over 70 years. I'm actually third generation. Uh, so the shares were passed from my grandfather down to my father and his sister, but my father brought, brought his sister out. And now they are shared between uh, myself, my brother, and my sister. Myself and my brother work in the business, but my sister doesn't, but her husband does. And um, is there anything to stop you selling it and ending the family ownership of it? Or is there some kind of agreement that you wouldn't do that? Uh, yes, there is an agreement. We'd have to have a, a, a unanimous decision to do that. So it doesn't stop us doing it, but 
one of us, you know, we're equal shareholders in that respect that uh, not one person can make that decision on their own. I suppose the common denominator of you all is that you're all in it to continue and grow your businesses for the greater good. John, was there a difference in approach once you changed to a foundation? Were your staff more engaged? Were the directors uh, caused to think differently? Not really. I think it, no, it didn't make a big change. The way it, it, when it happened, there was because people, well, I was, people told me two things. One is you're stupid and one is you're fantastic. Right. And of course, neither are true. It was just the right thing to do. I, I like the idea about the profit sharing as well, because I agree. Although we look at profit sharing more as rewarding people rather than incentivizing them. And we have a profit related, profit related bonus scheme, which covers that. Okay. And Andrew, your system involves you having to face the owners to be reinstated in your job, doesn't it? You have an element of jeopardy in your role. Yeah, and and this was something we introduced when we decided, we we constructed the the framework of our version of employee ownership. We wanted an accountability at the top as well as at the bottom, as, as well as across the company. So, um, every three years, I've got to stand up and get re-elected because my mandate is I've got to work on behalf of the shareholders, who are, of course, the employees. And it's more its more than just profit. It's, it's the business culture um, as it should be. Are we treating employees with respect? Are we fulfilling our uh, objections, uh, our, our, our duties, rather? So if you imagine a situation where Many generations from now, an MD comes in and he thinks, you know what, I can I can rake this business for personal gain. The employees can remove him legitimately from the business. And that's the backstop that we built into our structure. Caroline, you, I suppose, have to face family on a frequent basis. Uh, family-owned businesses are both the backbone of our country's economy very often, but they can also be an area of disagreement and squabbles. Do you find that everything is harmonious or, or you, you're justifying yourself over the dinner table? <laughs> um, a bit, bit of everything, really. I mean, I suppose the one thing with family is you probably don't speak to each other and, and treat each other as you would other people, which in some ways has good and bad effects. So, um, you know, yes, you can maybe have more squabbles than you would, but at the end of the day, we're brother and sisters, and uh, usually that doesn't last very long, a bit like brothers and sisters would be. So, you know, we've never kind of, I can say, touch wood, ever fallen out where it's been a long-term thing. Yes, we can have probably more squabbles and disagreements on a day-to-day, but, uh, you know, we do get there in the end and then we do know we've got the ultimate uh, good of the business involved. And, I mean, just going back to what the the other guys were saying there, even though we're a family business, we still uh, implemented about five years ago now a profit share scheme with our staff. So much as we don't need to, we decided to make that decision that, uh, you know, there, there's an element of profit is put to one side and is distributed uh, pro rata around, around all of the staff, everybody from cleaners, drivers up to management as well. Everybody receives a share of that, providing we make profits. John, I've only got a couple of minutes left, but I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your Uh, It's not really a theory, but your point of view that we need more internal investment and models like this can encourage internal investment rather than just promoting inward investment to the country. Yeah, I I think the country, we need more internal investment rather than inward investment because uh, we need need internal, we need 
inward investment because we don't balance the books. We've got to start off in this country and we can do it. That's the fact. We've got to start balancing the books. We've got to make sure that we don't have a deficit year in, year out, which we've got to cover by borrowing money or selling assets. That's the biggest issue in the UK. We've got to start balancing the books. Rather than growing the bit, growing the economy, we should try and make it sustainable. So if your washing machine factory was bought by a Japanese firm, it might be pretty good in that there was inward investment, but it would be pretty bad long term because the profits would go out. Exactly right. And, and people only invest in the UK to make money out of us, not to make money for us. Uh, unfortunately, it's easier to make money on the stock market than investing in real businesses. And that's where government have got to in- Investing in the stock market doesn't add to the real economy in most cases. OK, I've got literally a minute left. So a quick question to each of you, just a quick answer. How is business today as we come to the end of the restrictions following COVID? John first. Very good. Uh, this uh, 2020 was looking good before the uh, virus came along and, and it was a bad year for us, 2020. But 2021 is looking very good. OK, Andrew? Oh. Within the context of, of, of the pandemic, business is excellent. People have dug deep, worked hard and delivered a spectacular set of results excellent. this year. Excellent. And Caroline? Yeah, we're the same. We're just coming to our last day-to-day financial year and we're very, very strong across all the four businesses we operate. Um, yeah, really pleased with the results considering the pandemic, but we have worked all the way through and been very fortunate to be key workers in an industry where we've, we've kept going. Thank you to all of you for joining us and I hope you have a great year to come.